Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate the support so far. Um, today we have a very special guest, a very big iconic character in Winnipeg now, and I wanted to introduce him to you, but instead of me doing that, could you introduce yourself? Well, thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is Joseph Sheban, and I'm one of the partners of Sheban Ice Cream. Yeah, so the reason I brought you on was because I had wanted to get a bit more of a business kind of uh, perspective into things. I know a lot of the people that listen are creatives, but um, to get us started, yeah. tell us a bit more about um, what you do, um, who you are, kind of like okay. current stage in life and things of that nature. So my background, I'm a second generation cheesemaker. I, uh, you can say I was born with cheese in my hand <laughs> especially camembert and brie mm -hmm. i was born in germany and my father studied dairy and cheese making in germany and switzerland and then went to north africa and tunisia where we had our own cheese factory and when we moved from germany where i was born i was one years old so i don't remember much mm -hmm. and but my first memories were every morning I would go in my father's uh, factory and have uh, brie, cheese. And I thought this was normal. <laughs> and it was, I would take the whole wheel and eat it for every, like every single morning for breakfast. Oh my goodness. And then one day my dad is like, yeah, we're going to move to Canada and it's a better opportunity. And he, he wanted to be like, part of the free world yeah. and have a better opportunity for my sisters and I and my mom so when we first moved to Canada it was like it was in December and I remember it was colder back then than now yeah and like we came in with t-shirts and shorts oh my goodness and you know that movie cool runnings that was literally <laughs> us and it was like snowing with blizzard and we're looking at my dad. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and then the first day of school, my mom makes me a sandwich, a cheese sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at the cheese sandwich and it's like yellow. And uh, my mom goes, here's your cheese sandwich. And then I look at it and I take a bite and I spat it out. I, don't, I didn't mean to spit it out, but I spat it out. And I'm like, what is this? This is not cheese. And she's like, well, that life is over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so from that day, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a cheesemaker. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so cheesemaker, but everybody knows now that you're running an ice cream parlor. Yes. So what happened was I used to consult a lot of companies in Canada for cheese and dairy. Mm -hmm. I always knew about ice cream and yogurts and a lot of different cheeses how to sure. make it fix it and create like a better product for it mm -hmm. and i was recruited in 2015 to come to winnipeg to open a cheese factory it was called santorini dairies it's a pretty new company yeah they specialize in yogurt and feta cheese and at the same time my wife's family was now refugees in lebanon and mm -hmm. in all over the Middle East and my wife was like could you can you find someone to help my family come to Canada right and I was like oh, well, I don't even know anybody like we just came yeah. months ago and and luckily I made I had a friend and I was telling him the situation and he was like I just met a guy at the pizza store last week and he was telling me uh, if you know any Syrians that need help and I was like, oh my God, like, this is terrific. Can I have his number? So I called, his name was Matthew. And he was like, he was like, oh, this is weird. Like, how did you get my number? And yeah. Like my wife's family or Syrian refugees. And so he's like, yeah, we're having a committee tomorrow at the United Church. And that was in South Osborne. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're more than welcome to come. So I went and I told my wife, like, don't expect much because... I didn't want to get her hopes up. For sure. And she, I went to the church and there was over between 80 to 100 people there. And 
was like amazed because everyone was talking about how they want to help Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. And quickly I learned like they want to help Syrian refugees that are in Canada. Because when everyone was talking, yeah, when I, I will give my house to someone. Yeah. And it was my turn to talk. And I said, well, my wife's family, I just said it, my wife's family are refugees in Lebanon and in Turkey and all over the Middle East. And they need help to come to Canada. Mm-hmm. And they were like astonished. They were, they were like, we did not expect you. <laughs> we were expecting someone here yeah. already. And with their big hearts, they said, We'll think about it. And one week later, they said, yes, we'll bring them here. And they raised over $140,000 oh my goodness. to bring them to Canada. Yeah. And it was a total of 13 people. Mm-hmm. And then at that same time, so one year passes and we're doing the paperwork for the, uh, my wife's family. And I started getting offers to be general manager of other cheese factories and other provinces. And I was like, oh my goodness. And the money was like double what I was making at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, I don't want to move from Winnipeg. I have to make a business. Yeah. I want to stay here and do something. So when mm-hmm. my wife's family comes, they have support and they can have a job. If I created something mm-hmm. and they s- I started brainstorming. And I said, if it's not in South Osborne, I don't want to do it. Because I was so grateful for like everything they've done. And I just wanted to do something to make that community happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving by and the location at 390 Osborne right now. And it was all empty. Just glass and a big like box. There was yeah. dirt on the floor and n- nothing. And it just says for lease. And I was like, oh my goodness. This would be perfect for like a Lebanese restaurant. Because my parents are Lebanese. And then, uh, and I had so many ideas. And when I have ideas, I go beyond my thoughts. <laughs> you can say <laughs> for sure. So I called my friend. I go, listen, let me call my friend and see what he thinks. And he was one of the first friends I made in Winnipeg at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was at the, he was one of the people that helped my wife's family come to Canada. Yeah. So I called my friend Daryl, and I'm like. Daryl, what do you think of a Lebanese restaurant in this location? And then he's like, are you crazy? What do you know about Lebanese food other than eating it? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, he goes, do something that's in your profession. And I had that same idea, but I knew it was to do with like a cheese company. It was Mm -hmm. very expensive. Absolutely. And I didn't even think about ice cream. And I know ice cream is a little bit cheaper because the turnaround yeah is much faster to get the money mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm like oh and he goes why do you want to do uh why do you want to do a lebanese restaurant there and i told him why yeah and he's like you know what you know there used to be banana boat there and i said what is banana boat because mm-hmm. they tore it down mm-hmm. and when they tore it down they build that new building, but it was nothing inside with yeah. no walls, and there obviously the rent went higher. And Banana Boat said we don't want to renew the lease. Mm-hmm. And when Daryl told me what Banana Boat was, I'm like ice cream, and then all these like rockets uh, exploded in my head, like the ideas that I can do. And I go to my friend Daryl, listen, why don't you be my partner? And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't want to be your partner, but I, I will, I will help you like as a, be like a financial advisor. I'll be mm. on your advisory board. So bef- before everything, I started the business. I, I was like, let me have an advisory board and have friends that can give me good advice on a business I want to do. For sure. And because they will be the barrier between, uh, you know, when you want to buy equipment, every equipment is important. Yeah. But they can really lead you to say, you don't need this right now. You can get it later. Mm-hmm. And because you have a wish list and you want everything. Yes. So you need someone or some people uh, at the same time to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. So he goes, well, I will be on your advisory board and help you out. And I said, okay, no problem. 
But always in my back of my brain, I said, wait, when he tastes the ice cream, he'll change his mind. And we went to the bank and we made a business plan and we made the best business plan in the world. Like, So for me, it's very important to surround myself with smarter people. And one thing that I lack of is probably English language and writing. Right. So I had my friend Sharon to help me out and she made a terrific business plan. Obviously I was with her and mm-hmm. we talked about it and we made the best business plan you can think of. And I'm like, okay, the bank is gonna give me so much money now <laughs> and this is the best. So we went to the bank and we gave it to them and they're like, this is probably one of the best business plans I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then he's like, but you still need 30% of, say, uh, like 30% down payment right. on the business if you, want to lend, if you want us to lend you the rest. Mm-hmm. I was like, from that point, I was like, oh my God. So it's all about numbers. Yes. And I was like, I worked so hard on this. <laughs> but... What was nice about it, working hard, also mm-hmm. uh, gives you a vision of where you want to be and the goals you want to have in, in the next three years. Mm-hmm. So we made the ice cream place and we said, you know, it would be cool where we can build a manufacturing area right in the back and also have a retail in the front. Uh-huh. That way we can really control what's going on into the product yeah and daryl and someone else was like why don't you just buy the ice cream mix it would be cheaper you don't have to put a big investment into machines Mm -hmm. and then i said to them look if we buy ice cream mix the mix is already uh we can't control the fat content that's inside and the ingredients that are in there and we can definitely not say it's natural ingredients because some ice cream mix there's a lot of fillers and it's not is not natural Mm -hmm. ingredients so when they said that and i started making some trials and i gave it to daryl and i said taste this and taste this so what i did is i put two products one that is on the market that uses the same ingredients as if i'm buying uh, ice cream mix and then one that is ours and when he tasted it, he was like, oh, man, they tasted A. And he was like, man, this is, like, bad. And I didn't tell him which one is which. And I didn't tell him what is yeah. what. And then he tasted the second one. He goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. He goes, what is this? And I go, and then I said to him, this one is, like, what you're going to buy in the market. And this one is if we have our own machines. For sure. And then he was like, "You have to number one, that. he was like, I want to be your partner. And That's I was funny. like, and I started laughing. I go, no, you're not my partner. And then, he's like, and then I'm like, no, I'm just joking. Because I asked him three times. Oh, yeah. And he was like, no, uh, I just want to help you. I want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, we have to buy these machines. Like, this that is very important. Yeah. So that's how the creation of being all natural. Mm-hmm. And since we opened till now, every ingredient we put is natural. Right. Uh, if we're making, like, say, red velvet ice cream, we would get beets to get that red color and think outside the box. For to, sure. To make it natural and yet to make it exciting for people yeah. to eat. And so it took about a year of planning and opening the shop. I would say when I tell people that we have a manufacturing in the back, a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. One of my ideas, and then our first year, I think we were very successful, and it was beyond my expectations. I did not expect to oh my God. get the reception that yeah. happened, and we won two awards, which was like unbelievable. And now we're in a situation where we can be distributing our ice cream, where retailers are saying. We want your ice cream in our stores. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. It proved to me where if you do something right from the beginning, that you can have it, majority of it, without 
outside interference, mm -hmm. meaning natural disasters. <laughs> uh, you can really have a success in the business that you're you're doing. For sure. So that's what my life experience gave me, and mm -hmm. also having a good uh, advisory board helped me do as well. Yeah. So that was very important from day one. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I was, you know, when you're first starting up a business, you want to save every single dollar. And we decided to get a interior designer. And we said the theme that we wanted. And we said we wanted to make it a little bit hipster, but with a family, yeah. f like French like, uh, trend as well. So it has to be both. And when they gave me the bill, I was like, oh my God, what is this? I can do it myself. <laughs> and then, but you have, I, I sit down and then I'm like, I'm not an interior designer. Right. Yes, I can make one thing look good, but the whole shop, no way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was so happy after everything was done. If you pay and to the proper people and get the proper people to do their jobs you can do something really well yeah and I'm very happy that that situation happened That's so amazing. everything that I did in life there was a learning curve mm -hmm. a lot of things I did I lost money but I I learned from it for sure and I I took all of that experience and I think that's one reason why it's the way it is right now yeah so I'm very happy about that no it's it's so amazing I still remember when I remember I wasn't in Canada when you guys were about to open and somebody oh. was telling me there's a new ice cream shop that opened where banana boat was yes and I was like but it's in December which yes. is a crazy thought to me but then <laughs> going inside and seeing again like all those various flavors and the, the look of the place and just everything like it yes you're a businessman for sure but there's definitely a lot of a creative kind of aspect to that too and um, yeah, it's, like, um, it's like you didn't really compromise on any of those pieces that you had wanted to be like you wanted to be all natural yes and you wanted to make it in-house and because of that and you didn't go to like a mix or buy everything in you know, it really comes through, I think. Thank you for yeah. saying it that way. So, obviously, with any business you do, you do your market research. Mm -hmm. And I know there's... Everyone can make ice cream. It's it's a given. You can make it at home. And yeah. The kids are making it at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I wanted to... F I had core values. And I always said, I don't want to feed something... To my children, if I if I can't feed it to my children, I don't want to feed it to the public at all. That's amazing. And I always believe in that. And when I always go and consult certain companies, and I won't say who, um, fair. They always want to go cheaper and less quality because right. they want the market. They want more consumption, and it's a given. The cheaper the product, the more you're gonna sell. But do you look at the ingredients? And I always said, why don't we do it good and perfect and be part of a niche product? But you can't tell certain companies that are, from day one, they've been doing that. You yeah. cannot change their, their business model. Right. And here I was at a good situation where it's the beginning stage. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right because... I don't want to feel bad ever when I go to sleep. And I saw the niche market where all natural ice cream was not there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, we pay more for certain equipment because we want to be natural. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's, it's like when I explained it to my partner, Daryl, he totally believes in the same thing. And he was like, it doesn't matter how much more it is, let's get it because this is our product and we want to 
excel in it. Mm-hmm. So we found the niche product of being all natural. And now it's, I always believe thinking outside the box. You have to create a product where, okay, all natural is not enough. Right. You, ha- you have to do flavors that people don't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. What, what will attract the customer to come to the store? For sure. So we thought of beet ice cream. Yeah. And then people were like, beet ice cream. They, they didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And there was our marketing leader at that time was Ukrainian. And she called it Baba Beats, which attracted uh, that demographic. And it was like, we got a great response mm-hmm. just on Baba Beats. And we created other flavors, like every single flavor we do is different than anything else. Uh, oh, so like our vanilla. You know, our, my the vanilla was the last uh, ice cream I we made no in-house. Because... We needed to make it different than any other vanilla. For sure. So we came up with cottage cheese, bee project honey. And we were like, it doesn't even matter if we break even on vanilla. We're using real vanilla beans. And the vanilla bean is so expensive. Oh my God. But we were like, it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. We want the, the consumer to taste something he's never tasted before. And when we made it, it was like one person, she tasted it and she was like, this is Ambosia. And I was like, first of all, with my dictionary knowledge is not high. (laughs) So I had to go look it up. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's heavenly. And this is the exact response I wanted to get. Mm -hmm. And I was I was like, listen, whatever flavor we're doing, we have to go above and beyond. And if someone says you guys are thinking too much, it's it's like it's okay. This is what we want. We want to be different, and we want to do creations where you cannot go anywhere else and get it. Even if if it's something simple as vanilla or strawberry, yes, it is a vanilla or strawberry, but the ingredients is not going to be the same as everybody else. Absolutely. Especially when other ice cream mixes, there's a lot of fillers yeah. where we use natural products. Mm-hmm. Example, to fill it, well, let's break it down with the science. So in milk, there's about 90% water and 10% solids. So what do you, you have to have something to fill up that 90%. So when we say it, we're going to put a filler inside, it's to fill that 90% where when you make the ice cream, it holds the body. So they're putting fillers, so example like cornstarch mm-hmm. or starches, and we're like, we cannot go that route. It's cheaper, much, much cheaper. But we're like, we're going to use actual dairy products. Maybe it's protein, uh, cottage cheese, ricotta cheese, right. cream cheese, yogurt. Cream, like oh, man. sour cream and we're going to fill it out fill up that 90% with these kind of products and that's why it's when you have our ice cream it's very dense mm-hmm. because it's a it's a real dairy that's inside yeah and we also aim for about 50% air in ice cream we're allowed to actually go to 100% air so we can get double the volume mm-hmm. but we're like you want to have a good mouth feel and really taste those ingredients that are inside. So yeah. our minimum is 50%, or maximum actually is 50%. So that's one thing that we mm-hmm. strive for. Yeah. And it's I, it looks like it's working, so that's pretty cool. I think it's working. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's going pretty well. You're yeah. definitely from, again, you know, the, first of all, being all natural, and then, you know, bringing in flavors that you can't really get anywhere else on top of, it has to be the maximum 50%. Like, yes. there's an artistry kind of character, like, traits you. in you, for sure. And that's why I thought this is going to be so fascinating. Cause, Thank you. Right. Like, And that's something that a lot of people... Right. Um, as you were mentioning, you were consulting. Bigger places are looking to find ways to s- 
cut corners, right? In which yeah, yeah, and which yeah. and there's a reason for it, right? Yeah, um, they have their own set of values, but yours you didn't give up on yours, and even though it would have costed a pretty penny, it really did come back Correct. at yeah. the end, right? And that's something that I find a lot of people tend to forget is they shell out really early and give up on a lot of the values that they uphold, like short-term yes. uh, returns, right? Which is, again, depending on, you have your own reasons for it, but. Like, we had, one in, one of the investments is we had to buy a homogenizer. Yeah. And you usually use a homogenizer if you are using cream or, because we're getting raw milk from the farm, you mm-hmm. need to homogenize the milk. Yeah. And I said the minimum that our ice cream is to we want it to be premium. Mm-hmm. So normal ice cream is always at around 10% cream. And I was like, no, we want it to be premium. Our minimum is 13% cream. Oh my goodness. And majority of our ice cream is actually over 16%, which is super premium, yeah. that, which is super awesome. Yeah. But before we make anything, it has to be a premium product as mm-hmm. the cream content is yeah. 13%. And then we work from there, depending on the flavor. Yeah. So if we're like, uh, we want this to be very rich. Mm-hmm. Some ingredients don't mix well with others. Some right. ingredients are like, okay, leave it at a premium product, which is 13% cream, mm-hmm. because you can really taste this flavor. But some flavors with more cream, it brings out that flavor better. Yeah. So, But most of our ice cream is super premium because it works perfect. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. What's your uh, what's your favorite flavor out of all the ones that you've made so far? That's a it's a very common question. I, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I and I will answer the same as to everyone else. It's like asking who's my favorite child, <laughs> but I could say like it depends on the time of the day. Yeah. So all ice cream, I find, uh, is perfect for a certain hour of the day. Right. Like if I'm going to sleep, I find the one that we make is almond o salazar, which is uh, toasted almonds mm-hmm. uh, with white chocolate. And that one, before I sleep, I love that one. Yeah. Um, if I want to get refreshed, mm-hmm. something like the Abir al-Sham, which has like the rose water. It's so good. Thank you. And then, so it all depends if I want to be feel happy or if I feel sad. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's amazing how it, it all, each ice cream complements that hour, yeah. you can say. For sure. So That's it, amazing. So I know I didn't answer your question. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I do understand like time of the day and how you're feeling. It depends. And I think with the flavors, for sure, there definitely is that kind of this is good for that moment or how you're feeling and because they all they all are so they all have their own interesting quirks and personalities and Thank again you. like it's like picking your picking your favorite child and it's really hard <laughs> to do something like that you know when we made the abir al sham mm-hmm. so there's rose water blossom water pistachios cashews ricotta cheese yeah. and we use uh, orchid root f- uh, flour to bind that ice cream mm-hmm. which is a natural root and this is a traditional Arabic ice cream. Yeah. So our vanilla is this ice cream. Right. So when we eat or when we have vanilla ice cream, we're like, why is it so plain? Why is it so oh. almost boring? Yeah. And that's to for our culture. I don't mean to Oh, for sure. Put it down. And when I was making this flavor and I was telling um, my friends what ice cream I'm thinking to make, they're like, maybe this is a little too exotic. And I was like, and then they, it played in my brain. I'm like, for like a day. And then I came back and I said, I don't care. I, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the most exotic person <laughs> in the world. I don't, this is what I want. And this I, this one flavor helped us win uh, Western Canada uh, Food Magazine Award. Yeah. And I didn't, it was amazing because I don't even, I don't even know how they even knew about us. Yeah. They just nominated us and then we won. And it was, it proved to my point where if you do a good product and you have good values, people will notice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter like 
they were in Vancouver that noticed. Yeah. And I, I had people like say from Ireland said, I heard about you and we're in transit right now. And they came from the airport to the shop just to eat the ice cream. Oh my God. And they were like, this is amazing. And they went back to the airport and went to their destination. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, like, it makes you feel good mm-hmm. because you invest so much money and so much time. I could tell you one thing, like, when I was working for a company, I was making more money when I was making for a company than now. Yeah. And this is a more long-term investment mm-hmm. where it needs patience. For sure. And I really do respect all the entrepreneurs because... It's a long-term gain. It's you're not gonna, no one's gonna be a millionaire overnight or. Absolutely. Even for me, I'm not even looking to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I just want to be happy and do something that I believe in, and this is what's exciting. Um, yeah. That's insane. Like, it's for a lot of people. I find it's so hard to just say. You know, you hear voices that say like, "Oh, you're crazy," or "That's too much," or. You know, all in entrepreneurs yeah. are crazy. Um, <laughs> because we have to think outside of a box. Mm-hmm. And we're actually taking our own money. So I for this shop, I had all my money. So I was going to buy a house. Yeah. And I said, the last minute I was like to my wife, no, I don't want to buy the house. This money, we can use it for a business mm-hmm. in the future. And my wife was like, she understood when I told her that. Yeah. I, like, essentially, I was like, when I first moved to Winnipeg, I was like, okay, I'm going to get my experience and then go to the next phase. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife that, and she was like, okay, then she understood about buying the house. And then when I told her, let's make a business, she was like, I thought you, you were like, yeah. you don't want to, you, you were only staying here short term. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I fell in love with Winnipeg, number one. And it's, it's actually, when I talk to people, I say, Newfoundland and Manitoba are the two best provinces in Canada. Interesting. And it, because the people are so great and you just fall in love with everybody. Right. So that's what. It was like a, like a, how do you say, a chain of things that said, okay, I'm going to make a business Mm -hmm. here. And yeah. So I was like, let's take all the money we have and let's do it. And my wife was like, sure. She really, yeah, she, she, she knew, like I Mm -hmm. said, let's make a business. I wanted her family to work there when they come to Canada Mm -hmm. and she really believed in it. Because she saw how passionate I was. Right. And she got passionate too. And she... She's the actually now who creates our flavors right now. Oh, no way. Yeah, so... And she's excelled so well in it. Yeah. And I'm so proud of her. So that's that was like... Like an amazing surprise out yeah. of this all. That's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing how supportive she's been in that... Well, you first figured, oh, I'll buy a house. And then all of a sudden... You know, this would make me happy. Yes. And you put that first. You know, like right now, like I love waking up and going mm-hmm. to work. And we went, we went to Hamilton for, because my parents live there. Yeah. And I missed Winnipeg. Like, really? Like, I, I, like I, I grew up in Hamilton, so, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I felt something was missing and I felt uh, like I missed my company and I I don't have to be in the company every day for sure but you have that love for it yeah and she has the same thing she's always thinking of new ideas to to make future flavors yeah and that's what makes us happy right now Mm -hmm. that's incredible thank you that's so awesome and that's something that I hope Again, doing this kind of show is bringing that story out and showing people again Thank you me. didn't give up on a beer Alsham. Yes. Which I think was the very first thing that I had when I got there. And no, I, was, I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God, 
<laughs> no, I just I still remember the first day that I walked in, your your card machine wasn't working, and you said, you know, I got this. And in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna be back here probably tomorrow, probably no, like every week. And and I kept coming back because thank you. It was just there was something about it, and again, it's not just the flavors and how amazing and different they are, but really the love that you put into the product just shows and it separates it from the rest and even though that was something that a lot of people would say it's crazy or you're thinking too much you didn't give up on it and that i think that translates in everything in life in business in whatever work you do the so true yeah. right i always say to people like invest in yourself mm-hmm. if you might not see the result today everyone has no patience I find yeah and if people knew like how much money I invested in myself and I, I probably should be like a doctor in something <laughs> because that's how much money I put and that was all for dairy whatever it was yeah. like I went certain places to just to learn how to build a factory mm-hmm. and I learned how to build a factory like a cheese factory obviously yeah. uh, from nothing to something yeah and I was sort of, uh, sorry for the language, sort of screwed a bit from he owed me money. Mm-hmm. I, I took it as it's okay. I learned so much knowledge. Yeah. And it came back in, in later in life. Mm-hmm. I remember I went once to Syria just to learn one certain cheese. No way. And this cheese is like, you literally have to put your hands in like, boiling you could, the perfect example say if you put mozzarella on the stove yeah. you put your hands right in that boiling melting oh mozzarella yeah. and then you shape it into strings and I want to learn this and I because I am crazy I literally put my hands in the fire <laughs> just to learn how to do this absolutely and then later on in my future someone asked me how to do this and I was like well you gotta have to pay Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it came back and everything I've done like it was all yeah. to lead to what I'm doing now absolutely and that's what I'm so happy about Yeah, I invested in myself mm-hmm. I always believed in the product because I knew the knowledge Yeah, a lot of people say oh you didn't do ice cream before mm-hmm. I, I know I didn't do ice cream but I knew the background of ice cream I've, I've studied this a long time ago sure and and with the knowledge I had, it just led to what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, are you scared with this? Or like before when I was building my company. Yeah. I was like, the only part I'm scared of is the vision of the shop. Yeah. I'm not scared of my talent because I'm certain I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You've spent so and much time in it. Yes, yeah. a long time. Yeah, no kidding. You were born <laughs> in it. Yeah. So that's even though I was born in it, mm-hmm. I learned so much more. Yeah. My dad taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. He gave me the fundamentals. But it's like you graduating in your field, you don't learn everything when you graduate. For you sure. learn when you go explore, you right. see other people. And mm-hmm. that's where I invested in. I wanted to know everything in dairy. I wanted just to know how this was made or why it's made. And I I went all over the world just to learn that aspect. That's amazing. And this is why I'm like very confident in my abilities in doing either ice cream Mm -hmm. or cheese. Yeah. Cheese is, believe me, is my passion to the the core. (laughs) So that's... (laughs) So we're just waiting for you to open up the next cheese shop, I think. (laughs) Well... Oh, <laughs> I believe in always focusing on one thing and ex- excelling in it for sure. Once I believe this can uh, run on its own and giving me a return of money where I'm not in debt anymore. Yeah. Then yeah, though I I I'll, I want to make a cheese factory. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe five years from now, ten mm-hmm. years from now, but. Once this is excelled, then I believe I, I put all my focus in it. Yeah. Because it deserves all the focus it can get. For sure. I, I, 
I hope one day I can do one. Yeah, we'll have to go into a bit more of that. Um, I wanted to ask because you mentioned having a council or an advisory board to bring that kind of success. And if you're, a lot of people don't really have that kind of. So a perfect right? example was, I I didn't I was like, who do I know to help me? Yeah. And then when I was asking my partner now Daryl, he's like, man, you have all these people that helped your wife's family come to Canada. Just find someone in each sector, like you know what they're doing and mm-hmm. these jobs. Yeah. And they can give you their knowledge. Yeah. And that's what I did. I I found a friend that I I can rely on mm-hmm. and I found a, a someone and her name was Sharon uh, that helped me with the business plan yeah and you don't really need to example because I didn't have money oh, like I had money but I had to go towards the company for sure I just said I just need you guys to give me advice on mm-hmm. certain things I want to do yeah and if you think that I'm going the wrong direction please say stop yeah and that's what you're asking for you're, right you're not asking oh invest in the company or you just want their the truth from them mm-hmm. am i crazy like yeah i'm bu- I'm putting a lot of money in mm-hmm. am i doing something right yeah so that's what you want at a advisory board absolutely it's awesome and you just kind of have to go and find B- believe people. me later in the future yeah Say if I'm building a cheese factory, when I do have the money, I would invest in paying them, yeah. paying someone that I don't even know maybe, and mm-hmm. say, okay, this is the direction I want to go. Yeah. And having a few guys on the board and say, this is what my vision is, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. And then have maybe every quarter for yeah. them to come in and give yeah. me their yeah. opinion on where the direction is going. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing you want to do is you have your vision, and then you compromise for something three or four months down the road. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, you had the vision. What happened? Yeah. And that's why you always three to four months okay. meet with a team and yeah. talk about it. That's awesome. That's very practical too as well to kind of give value in that way. Um, there was a question that I had in mind because you talked about this. And I feel like it's something we... This podcast seems to revolve around bizarre but very... Um, generic but valuable life advice and one thing that I I think we've skipped over is patience which patience is something that a lot of people tend to forget and you have lived all your life surrounded by cheese spending all that time building that knowledge and it amounted to this and how do you kind of build that or how do you how would you give somebody that advice it's like hey this is so perfect example was I graduated out of market Mm-hmm. And then I was, my father at that time had a, like a one truck. Yeah. And I said, I said to him, listen, why don't I come in and we build the company? Yeah. So I became a partner and then we ended up having five trucks. And I was making really good money. Like I didn't even have to worry about money anymore. And all of a sudden the U.S. economy happened. And we had to go bankrupt. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there was not enough freight. The dollar, the U.S. dollar went down. Yeah. The, the fuel price went up. And then we were sitting on five trucks with no freight to take anywhere because the economy was very bad. Right. And I was such at like a dark point in my life because I lost everything. Yeah. And I had two kids. Right. And I said to my dad, like, What did, what did I do to deserve this? Like, yeah. You don't know why things happen the way they happen. And he said to me, look, I taught you cheese and dairy all your life. Like Every time I came from work, we made cheese in the basement. And you know everything about it. Why don't you get your like uh, certificates in it? Mm-hmm. And I took his advice. And I went to Vermont University to get my certificates and I didn't have money I had to yeah. borrow all the money to go there from my friends and family more and more than f- more 
my family lending sure. the money. And I was like, that's, I would say, when I lost everything, I became more patient. Because when you're young, you're very eager to do something. You want to go, go, go. And sometimes you don't think twice. You just do it. When I look back, at, yes, it was from, I don't think, well, the economy collapsed. Mm-hmm. But there were things that we could have done yeah. if we put certain things in place where maybe we wouldn't have lost the company as fast. Yeah. But we would, I think we would have actually <laughs> lost it. And that's what gave me patience. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to Vermont. And... At the same time, I was going bankrupt. Uh, and it makes you think, how do I not be in this situation again in my right. life? And when I went to Vermont, I was I said, okay, I'm going to show everyone that I'm the best cheesemaker like, they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be, a, it, like it's a normal thing. I didn't think it was such a niche yeah. thing. If I knew that, I would have... <laughs> Did it as soon as I graduated from college. <laughs> For sure. And when I went there, they, they're explaining on how to make cheese and the science behind it. And then they asked a certain question. I answered it. And then I said to the teacher, do you know why this happens? And she said no, because she doesn't have experience making it. She right. only can lecture it. Mm-hmm. And then I broke it down step by step for everybody. And they found that was like so astonishing. Like, how do you even know this? You're so young. I go, how come you don't know? I thought this is something general. Yeah. And I kept, they kept asking me questions when I was there. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting. I finished. I got my certificates. I came home. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. And a phone call comes. And my wife was like, wake up, this is for you. I said, first thing I said on the phone, hey, my trustee is this person, please call him. Because you know when everyone wants money from you, it's creditors. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's like, hey, hey, I am from Newfoundland, and I'm a dairy company. And I was like, oh, sorry, never mind. (laughs) He's, uh, they, they had problems with uh, Swiss cheese they were making and they Mm -hmm. didn't know how to fix it yeah and he was like I heard a lot of great things about you from Vermont University and they recommended you to come fix it Mm -hmm. and you know if I was younger he was like how much do you want yeah you know if I was younger I would have just said a number yeah I I said to him listen how about I come there because I've never consulted company right. before how about I come there and if you like my work after one month you can tell me how much I get mm-hmm. and he was like he thought I was nuts like joking okay. this is like a 300 million dollar company for sure and <laughs> so I went there he showed me around the whole plant and it's like the machines were so big like I was used to working with like 2,000 liters cheese mm-hmm. bat to 5,000 was the biggest. Yeah. These were like almost 30,000 liter cheese bats. For sure. And I was like, stay calm. It was like, I've never seen this kind of equipment so big in my life because it was like, they were producing for Canada, not mm-hmm. for the village yeah. or the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And show me the problems I really I knew exactly what his problems were by just seeing the cheeses Mm -hmm. and he was like can you fix this I was like yeah this is very I didn't say this is very easy yeah for sure because I was like I gotta make it like I'm working yeah I go yeah I can fix it it's no problem I uh, then to make things short after one month he comes to me and he's like listen I'm gonna pay you as much as if I paid a person with 30 years experience and he told me the number, and I was like, holy mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that was that's what taught me to be patient because mm-hmm. not the first thing you say could be the best thing for you right and always listen mm-hmm. even though I know so much about dairy I will act like if I know nothing yeah and because of that there's certain things that people do mm-hmm. to get that certain flavor so from like like a, a mesophilic culture mm-hmm. you can make like a thousand different flavors of cheese from the sure. same strain of culture mm-hmm. or bacteria it's just at what point did he do that because it, it's all depends even though it's all made the same in the beginning yeah. but the end is all tastes different mm-hmm. and it's at what point of the timing right. of the pH or the acidity where it stopped where, or where he altered it or, yeah. and everyone has their own techniques and not everybody's right in what he's doing it's just how well you want to make it how what kind of taste you're going for right so always learning you have to always learn and don't stop so that's how what I take in life yeah um, I try to be as patient as I can mm-hmm Sometimes with kids, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it's one thing that... With knowledge and who, what you do and who you are, and that will give you patience. Yeah. I was very worried when I went bankrupt and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think anyone will give me a loan. Yeah. And I told my partner this. I go to him straight up. I, I went bankrupt before, and I don't. I I I was afraid that he would be disencouraged on that. Right. And then he's like, he's like Joseph, you know, people that went bankrupt. I'm not telling people to go bankrupt now. There's people <laughs> that went bankrupt once before they will like succeed in their second business much yeah. better than their first business. Okay. Because they learn from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it will give them patience to think before acting. For sure. And that's one thing that I I was so I never I never wanted to go bankrupt. It was yeah. something that was out of my hands. And yes. you go to the banks and you try to make deals with them, but it just the bank told me you should go bankrupt. And I was trying to tell the bank, listen, just give me more time. Yeah. And they're like, listen, there's no way you can pay this. And they were telling me, like, we're telling you this as a friend, not yeah. because we want you to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You're never going to pay this. And Interesting. So I would just say that's what gave, gives me patience. Yeah. Always thinking of, okay, what are the consequences if I do this and it's like poker you don't play poker from you you want better odds mm-hmm. that's the best word you want yeah. better odds than just playing yeah so always counting the cards and always thinking 10 steps advanced yeah because if something goes wrong okay one this went wrong this went wrong okay now I have at least a pillar where it's solid where I'm still standing. Yeah. That's what's very important. For sure. And they've been even after losing the first round. Yeah, like Yeah. They're still standing here, so don't ever I I always say don't give up. Yeah. Like you, you know for me I didn't love being a truck driver or love having that company. Like I love the money. Because it, I was surviving and I had, I can buy what I wanted to buy. But I wasn't like happy. And now I'm making less money than I've ever made. Like, because there's so much debt, you don't even see the money. Really. <laughs> but I'm happy. Right. I, I can wake up and say, I have a good cause to wake up. And I, I can show my kids examples of 
how to be better men or better women in their future. And it's because of life experience. Yeah. So. I think us young kids want it so fast that we tend to forget it. Again, you took yeah. God knows how long and I, I, failed business to get to where you are. I, I always said, now I'm, you know, I'm a, when people are like, oh, you get a, make so much money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, now, no matter how much money I make, I'm happy. If I wanted to be a millionaire, the best age to be a millionaire is in your 20s. That's mm-hmm. when you can really have fun. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> realistically, who other than inheritance or being a genius, what yeah. a, who makes that much money in their 20s? For sure. So take the odds and invest in yourself. Yeah. Which is not wrong. You're just mm-hmm. building yourself and... If you have an end goal and say, uh, in 10 years from now, I want to open this kind of business, but I need to learn this sector. Yes, I went to school for it, but hands-on experience, do I have it? If something went wrong, do I have to pay someone like as a consultant to come fix this problem? Or no, I can fix it myself. Yeah. Where I say when I was 23, I, I did an internship at this place. Working for free is is you don't you're not losing, like if if you have if you don't have a wife and kids, <laughs> totally invest in yourself. Go work somewhere for free and learn that trade and be the best at it. And then having that goal, okay, by thirty or maybe for some people sooner than that. Yeah. But at least know that, okay, I have the knowledge behind this. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I take as that's something that you give as advice that's you know, something I always yeah. ask um, the guests is what is if somebody came to you and said hey I want to start a business or I plan on starting a business in some sort of field yes knowing where you're standing now how do I what would be a good step for me to take or something to keep in the vision yeah to be as successful as you are um, what is some like I guess yeah um, I, I would so there's, are you doing, if you're doing a franchise, mm-hmm. see, that's why you're paying all those royalties. Right. Because they already went through all those problems. They're going to teach you mm-hmm. step by step. Yeah. But if you want to start something yourself. If you, I would totally learn it first, get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I say, invest in yourself yeah. and believe in yourself. When, when someone says, when he asks you a question in that sector of whatever you're going to do and you cannot answer it, that's when you know you're not ready. But when you can answer it and you can go in more detail, then you know you're ready. Yeah. Um, sometimes you might know what you're in digital design. Mm-hmm. You know everything about digital design, but do you know about business, yeah. about payroll, about maybe that's what you just need to learn and, mm-hmm. and get the background behind that. For sure. There's a lot of businesses where sometimes if you just ask, they'll just give tell you how to do it and they're not going to tell you their trade, like their secrets, but something as maybe you just have to take a course and learn mm-hmm. finance or whatever yeah. it is you need to learn in business. For sure. So, and again, surround yourself with smarter people. That's a, I have a, like I told you earlier, we're hiring a marketing leader, a storyteller, Mm -hmm. and it's, why don't I do it? I can save the money and do it myself. But I think I told you from the beginning, I'm, I lack, Proper English, mm-hmm. a proper grammar. Uh, I'm not a good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and, and especially in marketing, yeah. they're doing other aspects in marketing where sure. it's maybe digital design or making the brand look better, doing promotions, making events. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I'm good at some of that stuff. Yeah. But in general, number one, I have no time. And number two, I can find someone smarter than me to do it. Right. 
because you need to invest in your company as well. Mm-hmm. So if you invest in the right person, they should generate revenue for the company. For sure. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> this has been so good. It's been so awesome hearing a lot of this backstory. I don't think you're a bad storyteller. I think it's great. And <laughs> again, you. hearing, I feel like hearing that low point where you had that failed truck, not failed, but it went bankrupt, is yeah. something that a lot of people would like, I think would click in that way where some things just don't work out, but it doesn't mean that you, if you have that goal, that vision in mind, you know, you can I, still I can going. literally say like, I worked so hard in trucking, mm-hmm. I, I gave it 100%. Yeah. And that's what now when I look back at it, it's, it's like I did everything in my power to m- try to succeed in that. Mm-hmm. But it was economy. Yeah. When you're going from, like, say, uh, having freight every day, and now you're in, say, California, yeah. where it takes a couple hours to get something to come back to Canada, and now you have to wait a week, maybe two weeks, and mm-hmm. you're sitting in California yeah. waiting for... a. F- to get back to Canada because you have to bring something, yeah. some freight back so you mm-hmm. can get paid for that time. That, that's a big difference right there. For sure. And that was out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I look at that point, it's eventually it, it settled in my heart. Like no one wants to lose anything in their life. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. If you love something and you're passionate and you invested so much money in it and now and it's generating you money no one wants to lose that yeah and when i did lose it i was very heartbroken yeah but now i look back and i say you know if that never happened i would not be who i am today and i would not have sheben ice cream and i would have not seen what I've seen in life and in, sure. and start investing in myself mm-hmm. like I told you I had two kids and I had a wife yeah and I had to go and to the US to get my certificates and I had no money and I had to borrow it but I believed in myself mm-hmm. I w- my wife was like I you know I, she's so supportive yeah she she believed in me yeah and I, I'm so grateful for that. And I, so I did it. And here you are now. Yeah, that's and amazing. Which is, it's amazing. I Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing. What's so? What's next for a Che Band for you? Um, what's going on? If you can mention anything of that sort, this is going out to Winnipeg. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, we're gonna be launching a flavor later this week. We always love launching new flavors where it's a featured flavor. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun for us too. Thank you. Well, thanks for seeing that way. Like <laughs> we creating we're not being bored and doing the same thing all over like over and over. We yeah. we try to get one or two new flavors a month mm-hmm. and having our customers we would get the feedback on okay, was this a good flavor to do or not? Yeah. And hopefully, the next flavor will be a popcorn flavor. Awesome. Which will... Ooh, sneak peek on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a popcorn with Bothwell cheddar cheese. Lovely. And uh, caramel uh, toffee as well. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, any last words? Um, just wrap it up here. We can get you to say... Any last words to the listeners? Anything that you want to quickly say? Um, plug in any social media. Just remind us who you are and uh, oh, okay. how can we find you? Well, th- I want to thank Manitoba for supporting our company. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the Osborne community and give us, giving us the opportunity and helping mm-hmm. us and bringing my wife's family here, I want to thank them. God bless them and God bless Manitoba. Come visit us at 390 Osborne at Sheban Ice Cream. Visit us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'll plug those in down there. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and 
thank you for having me on. Oh, show. thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, it's been so fun. Yes, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Awesome. We'll wrap this up here. Thanks so much for coming in. That was Joseph Chavin, and uh, he's definitely been somebody that has made a big difference in the community, especially in South Osborne, and something that I would highly recommend you guys check out. Thank you. Definitely go have some of those ice creams, and even though those flavors might be a little too exotic for you, highly recommend you give it a shot because it comes from the heart and you can really tell. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening.